0: Simple grows cactus and succulent soil is specially formulated to keep those surprisingly tricky plants to keep alive, thrive. I don't know about you, but I tend to kill succulents and cacti with love, aka too much water. Made with simple grow worm castings, perlite, and cocoa core, it's the perfect versatile potting soil for cacti and succulents of any kind. It's designed to provide ideal drainage for succulent plants, which means water will not build up in the roots, and that helps the plant avoid diseases and root rot. The worm castings provide thousands of beneficial microbes to your succulent plants, as well as trace minerals and nutrients. Worm castings are the secret ingredient that will help your succulents and cacti grow and bloom faster. So grab a bag today and save 10% off your first purchase with code Farm by going to simplegrow.com. Oh, hey there, listeners. Bev here. Before I dive in to the story behind this particular mini-sode, I wanted to say a huge cheers to our drink peep, which is Katie Montgomery this week. She is both our friend and our team member over here at Drinking Farm, and we so appreciate her and everything that she does for the show. So cheers, lady! All right, this week we are doing a really fun throwback replay. This is mini-sode number 04, Drink in Grubbly. We picked this particular mini-sode to replay because we have a brand new interview coming out with Sean and Patrick from Grubbly Farms this coming Friday and thought this would give you guys a chance to kind of pre-get to know them before hearing that amazing interview. Plus, it's really neat to kind of get to really experience and hear how long Grubly Farms and Drinkin' Farm has been partnering. This mini-sode that you're about to hear Originally released in July of 2018, which was almost four years ago. So that's how long Drink and Grubbly has been a thing, which is really neat. And when you hear today's minisode and then listen in on Fridays, you'll get to see how far Grubbly Farms has really come as both a company and an environmental steward and a company that really strives to live by its values and develop products that match its values, which is just really neat. And you'll hear how far uh, Sam and I have just come as podcasters and as hosts and community builders, and it's just really neat all around. So let's go ahead and dive in. To the replay of Minisode 04 Drink and Grubbly. Hey Bev. Hey Sam. And it, it, it looks like we got a whole crowd of people in here. What, it, it looks like you left,
1: you left the back door open again in like 30 people. <laughs> Except I must in. have left it open really wide. <laughs> so who who all do we have here sam so we have the Grubbly farms crew on with us today sean patrick and Haley. welcome guys (laughs) thank you
3: thank you
1: for having us yeah Yeah. oh my gosh welcome we're so excited
4: This
1: this is so exciting yes our listeners may or may not have heard some of our uh Ooh, I like that oh, sound. Yeah.
3: Good sound right there.
1: <laughs> yes. It's so, like my favorite way to start a podcast. <laughs> I've already been sipping on mine, so I didn't have a sound effect today. But um, Bev, what are you drinking over there? So I grabbed a tall grass
0: brewing company blueberry lemon ale, and it's a session sour ale.
1: And it totally just tastes like boozy lemonade, oh, which is perfect. Awesome. <laughs> yummy. And I have a not your father's fruit punch, Um, and it's quite delicious. It tastes like my childhood, but a little naughtier. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm drinking today. Um, Grubly Farms crew, do you want to introduce yourselves individually and tell us if you're drinking anything fun?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm Sean Warner, and right now I am drinking on a budget with a nice tall boy Coors Light.
0: Woo-hoo. Keeping Woo. it as cold
3: as the Rockies.
0: Nice. Does it have those uh blue blue mountains on it so of that you course. know when it's time for a new one? Good, good. And
3: they are blue, so that's that's the good part about it. Cold beer after a hot day.
0: Well, you know, we work <laughs> too hard to drink warm beer. That's true.
3: Very true.
2: <laughs> so, and uh, I'm Patrick, uh, co-founder with Sean, and I'm sipping on a Sprite from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is <laughs> well, that, no. that is very specific. I appreciate that. I'm glad somebody's yes, being responsible yes, over there that. to keep everyone in line. So that's good.
3: Cough, cough on the <laughs> responsible part.
2: <Yeah. laughs> and the reason for Sprite is because I had eight or nine different beers last night, ranging oh. from Sweetwater to Terrapin to Scofflaw. So.
1: so so, you're just really ahead of the game, is what you were saying? Exactly. Yeah, okay, I prepared... Okay. Paired last night. I was stunning. <laughs> you
0: guys are in Georgia, right? I heard Sweetwater Brewing. I- yep. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I have uh, one of my friends from Alabama brought me some Sweetwater beer and it was super good. It
2: is a very good brewery to have
0: around. So I can see why you had too many. It's, yep. That's easy.
4: <laughs> We're surrounded by brewer- breweries. I really
2: one.
4: had to pronounce that one. I'm only two sips in. So <laughs> I am. Drinking, I'm Haley, and I market it for Grubley Farms, and I'm drinking a very fine, uh, pink, delicate, light like, I'm drinking what Sean's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and truth be told, guys, I took a sip of my wine and I spit it out. <laughs> it out. I,
1: I really want to be a chardonnay drinker, but I, I'm oh. not. Chardonnays can be a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can be very buttery or very oaky. I prefer an unoaked Chardonnay. So I'm very picky about them because, yeah, otherwise I just want to spit it out. Yeah, don't blame yeah, me. Yeah, it kind of
0: tastes like you just like popped the cork in your mouth sometimes, and you're oh. like, ew. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 <ew> it is right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're so excited to have you guys on. Um, Do you want to give us a little overview and background of how Grubly Farms started?
3: Uh, Yeah, so Patrick and I started Grubly Farms about three and a half years ago in January 2015 by, oddly enough, actually breeding flies in our college laundry room. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And it wasn't just the pizza on the ground. We were actually trying to do it on purpose. (laughs) But uh, we hung up mosquito netting in our laundry room, started experimenting with different light sources to actually encourage mating uh, in an indoor environment. And the reasoning behind that was actually because we wanted to create a burger patty out of insects that we could sell in Southeast Asia or Africa as the westernized version of what about two billion people eat daily. And... We actually uh, blended the larva, mixed it with black beans, and baked it. And truth be told, it was pretty disgusting. But uh, I think a chef could have spiced it up a bit. But with that, we kind of uh, fell in love with the overarching concept of what we're doing and really dove into it head first.
0: Oh my gosh. That sounds so awesome. So I I just have to clear this up. Was it your own laundry room or did like other people (laughs) in your dorm have to come in and do their laundry with black soldier? (laughs) No,
3: it was uh, our (laughs) private (laughs) laundry room. And uh, (laughs) one mishap we did have was uh, when an HVAC crew came over to inspect it. Uh, We obviously didn't want our landlord knowing about this. So we tore the whole breeding unit down, threw it out on the porch covered it with a tarp, and as soon as the HVAC uh, inspectors left, we set the whole thing back up again. Oh. So I don't know if they ever found out, but luckily no one else had to deal with it. It was just us two.
4: It's so weird. The same thing happened to me at SMU. Oh, my goodness. Just
3: Wait. kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I, I, I did not <laughs> I was
4: like, uh, breathe flies. Um...
1: <laughs> All right. So I, I good, saw... Good joke, Haley.
4: <laughs> I'm just picturing what my college days were like compared to
1: you guys. Yeah, I'm, I mean, my college experience sounds way different than your guys's too. At least you guys kind of utilized your um, your laundry room, I suppose. But I, I saw on the website that you guys, you know, the whole laundry room thing, but I had no idea um, that the original intent of Grubly Farms was to create a, a food product for human beings. So that's that's really
3: cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, again, that was kind of the initial thought process, but when we started going through the customer discovery phase, we basically kind of came to the realization that uh, Western society still has a stigma against insects. And Mm -hmm. with that, we decided to target the animal feed consumption market rather than human consumption. Uh, We just believed that they would be faster early adopters.
1: No, that's really fascinating. So that's super interesting that you started in
0: the food realm because lately like just the last month or so I've seen a lot of marketing for like cricket flour so that people can have like a protein based like gluten-free flour to like bake with and I saw it and I was like oh no I would never ever use cricket flour but apparently like people are saying that it tastes just fine so
3: <laughs> they yeah I've had a couple products with cricket flour in it and I honestly think they taste fine. Uh, there is a slight texture to it, but uh, when they powderize it and put it into kind of like that flour-like form, it's pretty easy to mix into foods that I would say the average person wouldn't even know that they're eating crickets.
0: Huh. So neat. So maybe Grubbly Farms will
1: get into that eventually someday.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: you never know. Maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so have you each tried one of your uh, Grubblies then? Have you all eaten at least one of them? in some way, shape, or form?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, so like Sean said, we made a burger patty out of them. Right. Which is pretty bad. So we ate it then. Uh, we make every new employee try <clears> the <throat> grubs at least once.
4: On <laughs> their first day. Yep. Uh,
2: so Haley had to do that on our first day. Um, <laughs> Sean and I do that quite often at like trade shows just to gross people out. And then, uh sean is brave enough to eat one of the live grubs but uh i
3: have not and probably will not do that they're they're not that bad
1: (laughs) yeah i i personally have not tried the grublies myself but my obviously my chickens and my ducks and even my goats were fans of them so it's um, good to hear yeah
3: it's like sunflower seeds really like an earthy sunflower seed with a slight interesting texture but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like they actually have a little peanutty flavor to them. Oh, well.
0: so I was just gonna ask. Uh, so when you make people try them, you make them try them plain, like just pop one in your mouth and chew yep. it and go.
3: Uh, at least for the dried ones, generally speaking, we actually have made some of them with uh, chili powder and like garlic salt, which being oh. completely honest, they were actually pretty good, but I would never sit there and snack on them because I would be judged way too hard. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Actually, and on that, uh, when we were actually going through the New York city tech accelerator, there was another startup company from, uh, a number of the members were from France. And we actually had offered people to try Grubblies. And one guy liked them so much that we just gave him a full pound of them. And he would literally just sit there at his desk and just kind of snack on them while working. And we thought it was hilarious, but he just, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure that you guys uh, produce them in like a clean and food safe environment. So, like, they're not going to get anything weird from them or anything. Cause I mean, they're good enough for our chickens to eat, so.
3: Yeah, no, that is uh, absolutely correct. It's very similar standards to human consumption for animal consumption food. So it goes through all the exact same testing, proving the safety factor. So I mean, even though they are not meant for human consumption, they are safe to eat.
0: That's so awesome. You know, maybe we need to start uh, a hashtag for drinking grubbly and Mm -hmm. people can take pictures of themselves just like trying one with
1: their chickens.
3: Yeah, you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you Bev, I, you get to go first on that one, okay?
4: And then you have to challenge someone to do it.
1: There we go. You have <laughs> yes. to tag like 10 people. And <laughs> Can you guys tell us at a high level how grublies are made without giving away any trade secrets, obviously, but from the point of the grub rolling around wherever to where it's in the packaging?
3: Yeah, so uh, the general process that Grubly Farms is working on is... We haul food waste back to our facility from different organizations and processing facilities and the food waste is ground into a salsa like consistency and then put in storage tanks from there. It is actually fermented, uh, which will drop the pH and kill any human traceable pathogens. It's then pumped into basically containers that the larva are actually grown in. Uh, From there, they eat through the food waste. They break it down into a fertilizer, which is, really just the larva poop. Uh, They're then sifted from their poop and the fertilizer can be sold separately. The larva then go through a oven dryer and they're reduced down to about 10% moisture content before then they're packaged.
1: Oh, that's really awesome. Um, And it's just, (laughs) My chickens just have sheer happiness when they receive their uh, their grublies. So it's really awesome to kind of have an idea of what the process is to, you know, just bring my chickens so much joy um, every single hashtag grublies happy hour. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for sharing that. And it sounds like there's an environmentally positive component to your guys' mission. So do you wanna expand upon that?
2: Sure, so one of the things that really attracted Sean and myself to this business was the whole sustainability thing, and uh, really it came down to, there's there's a few different aspects. One was food waste. Um, Food waste is a huge issue in the U.S. and all across the world. The U.S. alone landfills about 50 million tons of food waste every year. Um, and pretty much by raising the growth, we were able to divert some of that food waste because we use that food waste as the raw material or the food for the larvae. So, uh, by <coughs> diverting the food waste, we reduce uh, food mm-hmm. going to landfills uh, where it breaks down and produces methane. So, uh, that was one fact or facet that was really important to us, and then the other is. When looking at animal feeds, uh, one of the main sources of protein there is fish meal. And fish meal is, uh, as the name suggests, a protein derived from fish, um, where we pretty much go into the oceans, take fish out, dry them, blend it, and then that protein goes into making different animal feeds. And the demand for fish meal uh, has gone up so much that we're overfishing the oceans and causing pretty much devastating Um, effects on the fish populations and the grubs can be used as a direct replacement for fish meal. So uh, in the future, when we look at doing animal feeds, we'll be looking at replacing fish meal and hopefully reducing the amount of overfishing that happens uh, around the world.
0: That's so awesome. And, you know, one of the things that's super cool about bug protein also is you can create a lot of it in a smaller space with with Way less of an environmental impact than you can like animal protein or or pescatarian protein for sure.
3: Exactly, and that really just comes down to the I guess how these facilities are designed out. That using stackable bins, you can grow the protein in very high density per square foot. Uh, So it's a much higher yield when compared to example like raising soy uh, by the acre. Or, as Patrick mentioned, harvesting fish where 10% of the ocean's catch every year are more or less derived into this fish meal ingredient. And they're generally the small schooling fish or forage fish like sardines, heron, and mackerel. So that also has a direct effect on some of the larger sport fish that would generally eat them. So there are a number of different aspects as far as where the environmental factors come into play, both on the input and the output side. But as Patrick said, that's really the concept that we fell in love with about this industry. I I will say uh, another interesting aspect of the larva is that even though we are targeting food waste in the United States, other regions of the world are actually looking into different uses. And it may seem kind of gross to us, but India is also heavily interested in the black soldier fly market uh, to actually look at sanitation infrastructure for human waste In the sense that about 70% of the Indian population don't have access to public restrooms, so there are again a number of different applications, and it's both a good and a bad thing in the sense that there's so many different avenues we can go down. It's kind of hard to say laser focus sometimes, but it's very interesting to see what other insect companies, uh, like what side of this industry they're actively pursuing.
0: Well, and I mean, I just I can't get over the fact of how cool it is that they just they eat human food waste i mean that's like one of our number one problems that we have in this country is we throw away so much food and it ends up in landfills and then it can't break down because landfills aren't built for composting so it just sits there and continues rotting and so this gives it a, a place to go where where it can be used for for something else. And I I think that that's just so cool. I remember from the first time I saw your guys's packaging and read it, I was just like, yeah, this is like the only protein treat I'm buying for my chickens ever again, because it's just it's so cool. And it's so good for them.
3: It's great to hear.
1: It's always a great time to support the Drink and Farm podcast. And if you're looking for a way to do that, we suggest you check out our Patreon. Patreon
0: allows you to support the podcast and reap some rewards from outtakes to stickers and annual gifts and also t-shirts. We also have an exclusive weekly segment called Straight No Chaser that is exclusive to our Patreon peeps at the $5 level and above.
1: It is a great way to show consistent support and love to our podcast. So go to patreon.com slash and farm to sign up today. So you guys just said a lot of science stuff. Um, what are your backgrounds? Um, what did you go to school for?
3: So this is Sean Warner. Uh, so I graduated from Georgia Tech with a degree in building construction, but I initially went into tech uh, looking to study mechanical engineering. However, I ended up switching majors like three or four times, had no idea what I wanted to do, and eventually landed on growing bugs in a laundry room. And here we are.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I went to school for business administration um, and specifically looking at supply chain and operations. So that has been useful in in terms of running the company, but it definitely uh, did not lend itself to growing bugs directly. So that was all stuff that John had to uh, learn as we went.
4: And what the guys won't tell you is, so they're, they're tech grads and we actually have two more engineers that work for... Or two more Georgia Tech grads that work for Bradley and they're engineers. And they are rock stars. Super awesome. Uh, so I essentially work with four incredibly awesome and bright tech grads. Um, and what Sean and Patrick won't tell you is they were honored maybe last year. Um, I like to brag about them. On Forbes' uh, under 30 under 30 list. So...
1: They're, uh,
4: kind of a big deal, yeah. But <laughs> oh, Patrick's cringing right now, guys. He wishes he wasn't drinking a Sprite from what was it, Mickey
0: D's? McDonald's. So Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Does that mean that uh, will they like put you on like the next like big bachelor list, like in a magazine <laughs> for...
3: Oh yeah, I actually applied <laughs> to that. Made it to the semifinals. <laughs>
1: So Haley, I want to know—did you go to school for marketing, or are you just naturally this awesome? You know, you so, know. oh, I
4: love you, Sam.
1: I'll, I'll remind
4: me to talk to you about the first time I discovered you. And <laughs> anyway, so I went to school. I studied a lot of marketing, but overall, I um, graduated with a bachelor's in bis- business administration as well. And I always knew that I loved animals. I never knew that I would discover a company like Grubly Farms and be able to actually use my marketing skills in one of the best industries around. And I was so shocked when I found Grubly Farms because I'll never remember, uh, or I'll never forget rather, clicking on Grubly Farms, there was a job posting and it was for a marketing position. And I thought Grubly Farms was some sort of Whole Foodsy Farmers I I wasn't sure what I was clicking on, but I saw Grub. I had no idea it was gonna be an insect uh, company, insect protein company. And I did some research and quickly fell in love with the mission, the brand, um, and I got so excited about just all the different opportunities and the rest is history. Um, but one of the, the fun things of course has been learning all of, as you say, the sciencey stuff, and being able to to communicate with all of our awesome customers and get them, um, or just teach them a lot about the benefits of Grublies, um, while also talking about the environment, environmental impact.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. And I mean, I'll just put it out there. I have a little girl crush on Haley. Um, since I found her on the internet, <laughs> I've been obsessed with her and Grubly Farms. Um, It's been about a year since I discovered you guys, and it's been so amazing to watch you guys grow over the past year and to watch just kind of it catch on fire in the chicken community with the whole hashtag Grubly's Happy Hour. And I feel like I at least see you guys, like your product in my feed from somebody at least once a day. So it's been really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's been one of the truly the best experiences i couldn't imagine
4: um not being a part of this team and when i, I have a girl crush on too. Oh, sorry so guys get on the way so last year oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, now i'm
0: getting Uh-oh. a little jealous hold on no, oh. Beth, Beth.
4: so quick story time i don't know if the guys know this but i had just started working for grublin farms and i was getting to know you know, who is our customer, who are our customers and what are they like? What are they saying? Um, and I discovered hashtag Sam Bolton and I tuned in to one of your live Instagram thingies and I had just gotten home from work and I poured myself a glass of wine and I just watched you and you had grublies and you started talking about Grubly farms. And I think I watched you for easily Aww. 30 or 40 minutes. And I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, these are what our customers are like. Like this is, this is who I get to communicate with every day. And I just remember being blown away about how awesome and fun and kind and hilarious people are.
0: Well, and it's funny, when I found Sam, it was something similar. I just was watching one of her YouTube videos, and I was like, hey, who is this, like, goofy, fun lady with, like, the pink hair? I'm like, I got to talk to her more. How do I make her talk to me? So I started a podcast with her.
1: Yeah, I That's guess so awesome. uh, you. it's kind of funny on, on – in the internet there's so many different people you can meet and like it's just funny how certain groups of people just get automatically attracted to each other like it's just like a magnetism and that's how i felt about you guys because of your mission and the thoughtfulness behind your packaging and that you realize your customers are people and not just order numbers like Do you guys wanna talk a little bit about the culture of your company and what it's like to work at Grubly's? Because I wanna work at Grubly's. Just saying.
2: (laughs) We have a a lot of fun here. Um, In fact, Mm -hmm. just this morning, we had a war over, through our uh, Grubly team chat, sending embarrassing photos of each other through the different events that that we've had.
4: And it lasted for (laughs) like, what?
3: Uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes,
4: back and
3: forth? Yeah, we probably sent 20 photos back, like zoomed in on people's faces, (laughs) making funny photos. Yeah, it's hilarious.
2: In in general, everyone here is super passionate about uh, what we're doing. Uh, Really excited to to grow the company and and really make that environmental impact, and then also uh, provide that human touch that I think that we've done a pretty good job of doing.
4: Yeah, it's, it's so crazy because being on Instagram or Facebook and actually getting to see our customers and hear their stories or see um, how grublies have helped their chickens. I mean, even recently, we've, we've heard so many stories that I'll be reading in bed at night and like actually crying because someone's talking about how much they love their chickens and how grublies were the only thing that they'd be able to eat um to help to help get them through and I, I talk to anybody I'm such an animal lover that it's it, I, I go a little crazy with it um so I get so touched by it and um, that's probably one of my favorite parts is just getting to know our customers and I've just developed so many awesome relationships with them and our 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 company. Sorry, Patrick just pulled up one of the (laughs) embarrassing photos. I thought you were getting chumped up for a second there. (laughs) That's a great example.
0: Like (laughs) I did too. I was like, oh no, somebody get her some
1: tissues.
0: (laughs) No,
4: that's how it is. My um my first week at Grabley Farms, I learned, here's a fun fact for you guys. Co-founders, Sean Warner and Patrick Pudelive, who are cousins, believe it or not. Um they know every single word to every
3: song in the soundtrack of <laughs> Moana. God. thank you for bringing that up, Haley.
0: My six-year-old would be your guys's biggest fan, like on the planet. Was a
4: crab.
3: Yeah, that was right after that movie came out. We don't really have another excuse for that. <laughs> You've only how many times have you seen it, Sean? I think I've seen Moana. Three or four times, but I will say at least two or three of those were drinking sure. games. Sure. So
1: it's, it's okay totally if you watch fine. it to oh go to sleep
3: goodness. every night. We won't judge you. Long
2: want um, to drink games get intense. No. That they do.
3: Say Another cool aspect that uh, actually both Haley and Patrick touched on is kind of the, your their love for animals. And I've also been very passionate about animals. I worked at a vet throughout all of high school, and I actually debated about going to school to become a vet. But one thing that we uh, have here are some employees will bring in their dogs. We do have a pet lizard named Kurt that is very popular on Mm -hmm. social media. We also have some fish, and we're looking to continuously expand our little number of pets that can enjoy the grublies uh, in-house as well. Oh, and I completely (laughs) forgot about our chicken coop in the back, that uh, now we actually have a couple more little chicks that we're raising well, once they get a little bigger we'll introduce them into the coop as well
4: monkey
3: really wants to be mentioned uh, haley does have monkey which is a cat yeah a, a little a confusing yeah
4: she's a cat named monkey who thinks she's a dog so i've really done a great job confusing my
3: animal. and then uh the next thing we're thinking about adding it's not set in stone but potentially getting right. goats for the yard that will not only act as lawnmowers but we may Uh, potentially implement some sort of goat yoga out there, depending on people's uh, reception to that.
4: And what Sean's not saying is we, that's going to be Sean's new best friends. He has a little husky named Loki. And I I could go on and on about how much I love goats. Sam, take it away.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm super excited for you guys to get goats. Um, I have goats. I have uh, totes my goats. (laughs) um yeah i have goats too yes i do i do have a goat named loki aka little toot yes and he is amazing and he thinks he's best friends with loki the dog so (laughs) they they might have a little instagram rivalry and they just don't really know it so (laughs) but um i feel like once you guys get goats like bev and i i mean if you'd have us we should just come visit and try out that goat yoga or something
3: (laughs) it will we'll let you know once it's set up and extend an invite your way
0: oh yeah that'll be so exciting field trip field trip oh fun
4: fact number what are we on three four uh one of our customers has become close friends to the point in fact you know fallen oak farms have you guys heard of them oh yeah we know fallen oak farms so Shelley and Brian are, and their kids have become so close to us. Shelly and I pretty much text every day, and we'll just call each other to chat for like an hour. And we we all just love them so much, and it's so funny how relationship, relationships relationships, um, or rather Instagram, can blossom into uh, just these long-lasting relationships and. Oh, Shelly's like a, she's like a mom to me. I call her my friend mom. Aww. But anyway, that made me think of it because we've already done a field trip that we classified as a work trip to go visit them twice. And they've come to Georgia. They live in Florida. They come to Georgia um, to visit us. So we're all about our little field trips. And I really want to get everyone to coop camp next year so we can all have a fun weekend where we get to mm-hmm. know each other because that was such a blast. In, in Indianapolis, it was. Not in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah in- that's it- not
1: super far from me and Bob either.
3: Try and sell them into a camp. I have not.
4: Maybe I'll present
1: this year.
3: I wouldn't mind presenting.
1: But you should come. Can, can I
3: co present with you? you can lead percent. <laughs> oh boy.
1: So is there anything else you guys feel like you want our listeners to know about Grubbly Farms? All
3: right. I have one funny story and this is probably one of the most awkward situations I've ever been thrown into. So we were excited enough to uh, participate in Kairos K50. And if you're not familiar, it, they basically invite 50 of the most disruptive startups to a conference every year. And this was in 2015, and it was hosted out in Los Angeles at the Warner Brothers studio. And we actually uh, flew over with some larva. We vacuum packed them and shipped them in a suitcase. And surprisingly enough, they all survived. That being said, when we opened up these bags of vacuum packed larva, they absolutely reeked and just, I mean, terrible. And we normally have a bowl of live larva at our booth that uh, we can kind of just show people. And if they want to handle them, they can. But because they smelt so bad, I basically took this bowl of larvae into the bathroom and washed them to clean them, which I will say I have done before. It's not that weird. However, my genius uh, trying to the thought process to dry the larva out. I walk over with this bowl and put it underneath one of the hand dryers and turn it on and it shoots larva all over the floor and just everywhere <laughs> and while I'm sitting there on my hands and knees scraping this off of a bathroom floor I think three different guys walked into the bathroom one just kind of stared at me didn't say anything and then left one walks in and it was just like you know I've seen some weird stuff in bathrooms over my life but this has <laughs> got to be the weirdest and it ended with a janitor walking in with a broom and helping me sweep up all the larvae that I then brought back to our booth and put it in the bowl for display.
0: Oh my goodness. That has to be like the best larva story that I've ever heard in my entire life.
3: <laughs> well, I'd be curious how many larva stories- <laughs> That's what I was I've gonna heard.
1: say. That's like my first larva story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, there,
3: we there's
1: them. seriously never
4: a dull moment over here. We jump around every day, there's just, something else going on and but I just wish people know is how when they leave a comment or like or send us a DM, our we have a team of six and everyone sees what's being said and it's just so appreciated or appreciated and it's seriously my favorite part of working, at, um, working here besides the animals is just getting to know all the people and all the stories and all the fun. And gosh, Sam, your your happy hours are epic. And we're always needing to... We just want to repost it all. Just
1: retweet all. Yeah, I, I don't want to, like, toot my own horn, but I am like the Oprah of Grubbly Farms. You get Grubblies, and you get Grubblies.
3: <laughs> I will say the... Uh... Only other funny story from when we were still growing in our laundry room, Uh, this is when we were still figuring everything out. And an interesting fact about the uh, larva when they're alive is that if they're slightly wet, they can actually stick to almost any surface due to the surface tension and it'll allow them to crawl up it. And we made the mistake of putting a lid on a container when we were first growing them and condensation built up inside of it And when we checked the laundry room right before we went to bed, we walked into it and there were thousands and thousands of larva that were crawling up our walls that had poured out of this bucket that we had to eventually go in there and clean up with a vacuum cleaner. But that looked like something straight out of a horror movie. Oh my gosh, that's
1: That's pretty gross. Oh my (laughs) goodness.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I, I will say I'm glad we ended up finding that that night and not in the morning.
0: Oh my gosh, I bet oh, that would have been a nightmare the next day.
3: <laughs> Literally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us on our podcast. It was so exciting to get to learn more about you guys and learn more about your company. It one of my favorite parts about this and doing the interviews is we get to really like put personalities and voices and stories like Together with the companies that we love so much to help us take care of our chicken. So thank you for for coming and being on this with us.
3: Absolutely. Oh yeah, pleasure. our our pleasure.
4: Thank you so
1: much,
3: guys. And if you guys ever happen to make a trip to Atlanta, uh, you're always welcome here.
1: Oh, you just thank you. Just, just opened so a can of worms. And in
0: fact, I mean, someday. Well, I sent Haley a thing that said someday we were going to have a fancy studio. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just all party at we'll all party at Fallen Oak Farms. We need We'd love
3: to. to. <laughs> that that would also be more than fine. We just less.
1: invited ourselves, so there we go. <laughs> they don't
3: even know
0: it. Well, I, I think that she's actually invited us before, so uh, yeah, we'll be sure and tag her in this when we post it. A... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Hi,
4: Shelly.
3: We
0: love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode, Drink and Grubly. We're so excited that we got to get to know the Grubly crew a little better and know a little bit more about this awesome, nutritious snack for our chickens. If you haven't yet, head on over to grublyfarms.com. The show notes will have all of their social media info in it. And don't forget, when you do a Grubly's Happy Hour with your flock, go ahead and hashtag that Grubly's Happy Hour. The crew really enjoys seeing them.
1: farm things we drink drinking farm things we always need knew-